Welcome to the Not Quite Podcast. I'm Charlie Randall. Let's get ready to rewrite the rule book. Welcome to the first episode of the Not Quite Pod. And uh, today's guest is actually he's someone that's heavily involved in the Not Quite Pod because it's actually my partner, Gina. Uh, we thought we'd kick it off with a bit of a bang and talk about mine and Gina's relationship, uh, dating, sex, all that good stuff. Because, you know, everyone loves to find out about that. Um, but, yeah, welcome to welcome to the pod, G. Hey. Hey. Well, yeah, obviously, we've got to uh, start it off with a very NQPC topic, which is sex disability and relationships um yeah. this is this is our this is our thing yes it certainly is i mean it, we we want to be the main couple for this shit don't we so oh well, yeah you want to talk about it come to us yeah why not we <laughs> give us all your sex stories oh god um what have i signed up for here yeah uh right so how like should we go through how we actually met first yeah, shall I do it? Because yeah, I can do it. it. I can do the quick fire version. I've got the quick fire version down to a T now. So, I long story short, I met Charlie's friend at an interview, and we got chatting. Hit it, not hit it off. <laughs> I didn't steal. <laughs> she jumped from one to the next. <laughs> that sounds bad, doesn't it? No, um, we got along well, and then after the interview, we kind of exchanged. Um, Instagrams and he said actually I think you'd get along really well with my friend Charlie I'd like to introduce you and I said that's absolutely fine we started chatting on Instagram and it was it was very like innocent chat at the beginning because you were actually asking about YouTube and very embarrassingly now I feel like I used to do YouTube videos um, so I used to talk to you about that and what I did and what got me into it um, kind of sharing advice from both our experiences on YouTube and then, yeah, I guess we just carried on that conversation outside of outside of the kind of business chat. Um, and then it just kind of so developed. Boring. No, it, like the conversation developed. We we kind of went through a stage, like quite a few weeks of it would be like quick fire questions. And it'd be like, I could ask any question I wanted. And if it was offensive, he could say, I'm not going to answer it. If it was... Um, and, and you know, vice versa. It wasn't just me asking him like really invasive <laughs> questions, but interrogated. It was, yeah, but that's kind of how we got to know each other quite quickly, like online. And then yeah, it just started. I think one day I just called you. Like I was just like I just bit the bullet and called yeah. you. And then after that, we like called each other every day. Eventually. We did a lot of Snapchat, and I feel like as well, like. Is Snapchat still a thing? Like, yeah, a lot of people do use Snapchat actually, but I I don't anymore, so I forget mm. about it. But yeah, and then yeah, we met in person, and that was kind of the end of that. We just kept then seeing each other as often as we could, which was probably about every two weeks, because obviously I was still living in Birmingham at this point. And then I, f- I was looking for a job, and I started uh, some of the jobs I was looking for were based in London because they were with. Um, they were kind of broadcasting apprenticeships and stuff like that. So I said, well, I'm already applying for things in London. <clears throat> so if it happens, it happens. And then I got a job that was actually in Kent. It was actually near you. I said, well, so I did, I'm going to look for some jobs nearer to you as an option of living. Because <laughs> I had cousins and friends and things that could support me if I did get a job down here. So, yeah, just bit the bullet and went for it, didn't we? And then that was eight months into our relationship, mm. which 
when I say it doesn't seem that long, I don't think, but we were 18 at the time. So moving in eight months of knowing each other was, 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 it seemed fast for a lot of people. And it was, was, I guess it was one of those things. It was going to work or it wasn't. I always say that when people move in together, like at the end of the day, living with someone gives you, this is going off topic a bit, but gives you a completely different dynamic and it's either going to work or it isn't. And for us, we're very lucky it worked. So I've been living with you and your parents for four years now. Yeah. um, The funny thing is, I remember it really clearly getting the phone call to say that Gina had got a job down here or, uh, yeah, it is down here. Um, And I remember sitting on the kitchen table and um not on the table not on the table but at the kitchen table and uh my mum was standing behind me and could hear sort of the gist of the conversation i was having with gina and i i'd obviously had conversations with mum to say like if this does happen is moving in with us an option and she kind of reluctantly said yes thinking i think at the time she was thinking i probably won't amount to anything and then i got that phone call i just remember looking at my mum and her just mouthing the words fuck um which is quite funny but yeah. obviously now we've been living together for coming up to what four years now yeah yeah we i think we are very lucky like in our situation i get along well with your whole family and with your mom and it's you know luckily it, it has panned out even though it was probably one of those provisional yeses of not really expecting it to amount to anything and and now here we are four years later but mm. luckily it has been okay or you know not had any complaints and I've got not got any complaints so yeah I I think I remember getting the phone call and I went to tell my dad and it was that realization of I didn't even know if I wanted to tell my dad because we all knew that that meant me moving um and I am a very homely person and once I kind of lay my roots I get a bit um attached but not in a not in a like a clingy way but I, I kind of have a base, so it was a big shift for me um, yeah. in that sense. But actually, like I think it's something that I never would have expected myself to be able to do. And now, yeah, four years Long later, up. here I am. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean that's kind of the wrap up of how we met and how our relationship kind of blossomed. Blossomed. <laughs> um, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. That is pretty much it. Um. And it was all pretty much the same. My end. It was a bit like shit. Like this girl is going to all of a sudden start living with me and obviously that was a whole dynamic I was not used mm. to obviously sharing a room with someone it was really difficult to find the fucking space yeah. that was another yeah, thing yeah all, even now we've got stuff all over this house in like random little cupboards <laughs> and that aren't used because um obviously I mean I've only ever lived at my parents so I only had a room full of stuff to bring but I'm adding my room full of stuff to Charlie's room full of stuff Mm. and then like obviously over the years that was my phone apologies for the background noise there um yeah over the years I've accumulated even more stuff so yeah that that's the only I think that's the pinpoints where we go god wouldn't it be nice to have our own place but we'll get there eventually um, yeah. What was I going to say? There was there was another like lead on topic from that, and oh yeah, I was going to say that da- dating for us was quite a different dynamic anyway, wasn't it? Because yeah. we were long distance for what? Yeah, nine months. Two, I nearly said two years. I don't know what no, I was going to we say. Two years. Long distance <laughs> yeah, for nine, eight, nine months, and we weren't long distance in like we didn't see each other for months on end but we saw each other every couple of weeks Mm. but because you're long distance when you see each other you're kind of 
stuck together. Yeah, you're you're kind of like embedding in each other's lives because it's not just going out for a date night. It's not just going out for a date day even. Yeah. It's you spend at least two or three days with each other. You're staying in the same room. I obviously we didn't get hotels all the time, so you were completely immersed in my life at my house and with my parents and I was completely immersed in your life at your house with your parents Mm. so I think from that dynamic I guess we'd already taken that step quite soon anyway and then it was just kind of taking it to the next step of that being a little bit more permanent um and I think one thing actually going from like an 18 year old going into quite a serious relationship and I'd never been in a long-term relationship or kind of any proper relationship before then was that realising how much it takes, it takes, but you, you adapt your lives to each other. Yeah. And that's, that is the main thing I think that obviously can make or break a relationship is you're immersing each other in each other's lives. Yeah. And you have to be flexible with that. Like I would like to say that I've never stopped Gina from doing the things that you enjoy and I'd like, and I think it's the same on my end that's never yeah. been really been inflicted. Obviously, you did move away from like you're really into scouting, and obviously you moved away from your home scout group, but you did mm-hmm. find one down here. Yeah, I think that was the big shift for me. I mean, we're kind of going more into like the details of the move now, opposed yeah. to our relationship. But the big thing for a big change for me was that I obviously had I mean Charlie as well but I had my independence in Birmingham in the fact that I had this group of friends I saw quite regularly I would do scouts and I also did dance um I also worked with a couple of them so we we saw each other a lot and I could obviously you have the freedom to just go yeah I'm not doing anything I'll come um and then it's learning to balance that out with your relationship time Mm. um but when you're living together it's almost weirder because it's like people just assume and you probably assume that, well, now you're living together. You don't need to be spending every weekend together or going out and doing stuff together. Yeah. But living together is very different to, you know, a date night or spending yeah. time with each other. It's very different. So that's just, I guess, to be honest, though, that's still interesting to some people of who have never lived with anyone who or who has never got quite yeah. had a long-term relationship. So hopefully this this random I mean, it's tangent it's is interesting to some people. It's definitely a good point as well, like, see separating that time. Because as well, I mean, you see it in all the films about the, ki- the parents that have got kids and everything, mm-hmm. they really struggle to find them time. And it's almost a very similar thing with when you live together because mm-hmm. you are, you're constantly doing, like, you're either doing the washing, working on an PC, or you're making food you're always doing something you're not fixated on not fixated but your focus isn't on the other individual yeah and just you know watching tv together and and going to bed together isn't like it that isn't dating that isn't you time that's just kind of your chill out time in the evening and you just so happen to be spending that together so i think yeah making sure you have time for yourself outside of that and learning to kind of balance your life so don't feel like you've got to spend every minute with your partner but then also don't don't like neglect that time either um i think i i I think a good probably a comparison for that is nqpc anyway like we balance nqpc in our relationship and separate time yeah for for nqpc and business stuff um because yeah we are quite we are quite involved in each other's lives in that sense Mm. in that we work together we live not work together but we work on these projects together and we live together um so 
you, people might think, oh, but then if you go out together or you go on holiday together, is that not spending too much time with the person? But it's not because it's um, it's a diff- completely different dynamic and that feels like, oh, we're dating. That yeah. feels like, oh, this is the fun bit. This yeah. is the... We're actually appreciating each other's time rather than it just being about business. <laughs> I, I think the other bit that was quite difficult for me to adapt to with the whole moving down thing was obviously... And I don't think it was intentional. It was on my part and my parents' part and maybe Gina's because I know G- I'd mentioned to Gina that obviously um, I'd ha- I'd need support from my family members for doing basic tasks like putting my shoes on. And I think as well there was a time when almost I was too dependent on Gina because it was something like it was very she was always happy to help so I got more comfortable with Gina helping me as opposed to my parents helping me I suppose it's because I don't know for, I suppose for me it gave me that deeper connection with someone because it showed that I could trust her to do that but then I almost got obsessive with that I guess that was another thing to get used to obviously from going from no one living to me constantly relying on my parents to then relying on Gina it was kind of took me a while to adapt to Look, Gina needs to be able to go do her own shit um, and not worry about supporting you 24-7. Um, and that's probably something that has only sort of come out really in the last sort of two years where yeah, it started to relax a little bit. And that is and that is looking at my own pitfalls of like, it's again that whole thing of like you learn how to live with each other and that's something yeah. that we had to adapt and change and it wasn't really something I mean we chatted about it briefly but it was just something that naturally happened I think yeah and that's what I always mean when people ask about how do you make like a relationship work or why does your relationship work or why can't I stay with this person or whatever it's like you've got to actually adapt your lives to each other and that includes your hobbies your free time your like all of that stuff as saying you you're then adding another person into that factor and when you live together that's where it, it main it like changes massively but even when you start dating someone it changes um and people sometimes aren't prepared or get too protective over like their own things and i think that was a kind of hurdle that we overcame because also i was very unindependent i couldn't drive anywhere i didn't have many friends down here that weren't cut part of your group um so then seeing my friends in Birmingham almost required like a full weekend and I'd either be with you so they didn't get to see me on their own and and or it would require like a train all the way up and and etc etc and then I it that would be I think where it would it would the problem would arise because you would probably feel a little bit conscious of me going away for a weekend because I wasn't there to support Mm. you um, and then I would probably feel a little bit conscious because I knew that you were conscious of that or I knew that I wasn't there to support you. Oh, has he got this? Because I can't tell because I'm not there. Has he managed to do that? Because I can't tell because I'm not there. And it's me overthinking that. But that kind of is part of, I guess, that's that's part of the disability adapting relationships if, if we yeah. want to kind of add it onto a different level. And I think you saying about wanting to come in a little bit more attached to me opposed to your parents that's it's having independence in in something that you can't have independence in not can't but you know that you don't have independence Mm. in you know putting I mean now you can put your shoes on but putting shoes and socks on and doing your hair or having a hand with getting dressed or anything like that 
you get to a certain age, you don't want your parents helping you with that. So the fact that someone who wasn't a parent was someone that was, you know, who you loved and who loved you, loved, (laughs) I hope you still love me, (laughs) (laughs) who you love and who loves you and and that kind of other connection, it gives you that independence because it's someone more casual whereas you know you don't really want your dad yeah. pulling up your boxes and or... like that, that, like <laughs> man, why you got out me like that um no like i think as well obviously there is that element of like obviously once you go past a certain point in a relationship which we'll get onto later like into because there's that intimacy level mm-hmm. for me personally it kind of got rid of that worry of oh no i need help with this but it's really embarrassing gina's seen it all before mm-hmm. like Realistically, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, like, I think, I mean, as we say, because we were with each other, we would be in each other's houses and spending a lot of time with each other because of the long distance. I guess we kind of came over that hurdle quite quickly anyway without other stuff making it easier. Yeah. Um, Just because I was very much like, well no, this is your life and I want to be part of your life and I want you to be part of my life. So therefore, you know, show me, explain to me, let me help you if if you need the help. I think it goes both ways as well because I probably was too helpful. Um, I probably jumped to help a little bit more than I necessarily needed to. Or, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's where to explain it. I jumped to help a little bit more than I necessarily need to or I know that you can do something on your own and... Yes, it might be easier if I helped or quicker if I helped, but I don't need to be there if I'm I'm doing something else. I don't need to be there to help you. And that was because I was learning to adapt into your life as yeah. well. I was learning where I fit in your life and not just how you fit in mine. Um so yeah, I think I think that's quite an interesting I guess we've not necessarily spoken about that in detail no. before in, in the fact of when we say we've got to adapt to each other's lives, like this is a little bit more in depth yeah. of the disability side of that, but also just the the actual ins and outs of that. Yeah, and it brings us on quite nicely to one of the topics we wanted to bring up of like particularly you as the the able bodied individual in the relationship. What was like some of the like worries and stresses, I guess, um, of of dating someone with a disability, obviously we've been together quite a long time, but initially what was... Yeah, I actually find this question quite hard because I almost I find it hard to remember and think back to that because all I do remember is that I knew that you had a disability from the off because obviously your friend Shay had told me and it was just kind of one of those things of, well... I guess I'll learn (laughs) and I guess I'll ask and I'll get told if I'm asking the wrong questions. And I think because I laid that out in the beginning anyway, um, and I said to you, look, I've, you know, I don't know a lot about disability. So if I'm making an assumption, tell me, or if I'm doing something wrong or saying something wrong, tell me. And even now I get it wrong. You know, Mm. I'm like, even now I might say something and I go, hold on, Gina, wheelchair, Gina, disability you know oftentimes she'll just leave me without any piece of equipment yeah like literally i mean the other day we were in your mum and dad's car and i sat there for ages i didn't get out of the car to get his frame out because i just wasn't thinking i just sat there like not even waiting for him to get out the car i was just thinking get out the car in a minute and like both of us will just get out the car in a minute no gina you need to get and go get his frame so like yeah i guess i guess for me it was 
I guess I came to it with an open mind anyway, mm. which that's why I find it difficult to give anyone kind of advice because I didn't change my mind. I didn't, I didn't come into it thinking, oh, this person can't be attracted because he's disabled. I came into it thinking, right, okay, well, he's disabled, so I'm going to learn what that means, how that impacts his life, how that would impact me. And, and I was nervous at the beginning. I remember when we got out, I guess as well, because we'd been talking online, over the phone, through video chat. It wasn't like I was... Completely new. Completely, you know, I want to say exposed, but I feel like that's not the right word. Exposed to your disability and how it impacted you. Um, so when we got to our um, to the shopping centre on our first date, when you got the wheelchair out of the car or helped you get the wheelchair out of your car and you were explaining it to me, I was a bit like, oh, a bit of a novelty kind of thing, you know, I've not put wheelchairs together mm. before. And then now you it's said, like a McLaren pit stop. I know, yeah. And then you said, can you know, can you push? And I was just a bit like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. I remember that. She I was really, proper nervous. Oh, yeah, I was just, I don't know why, but something, I guess it's because you're in control of someone else. I didn't, I'd, I'd never, never pushed someone else's wheelchair before. So I was just a bit like, oh, oh, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that. And you said, absolutely fine. And then you started wheeling up up a hill as well. Yeah, thanks <laughs> into this Into this shopping centre. And then I just went, something clicked. I think I just went, oh, I'll just push him. Like, yeah. and then literally, but I, 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 that's the only thing I remember being like an obstacle. And then, you know, I think I would, what I think I'd watch you get dressed or you'd say, can you help me get dressed? And I, I was like, okay, what, what what do I need to do? I already knew about helping you with your shoes on and stuff. Um, so it was just a case of like, whenever it, we came across it, I would just ask. Yeah. And I was just open-minded to the fact that this was just a part of you. And I knew that anyway. And I knew that that meant I was going to have to do some learning. Um, but I don't feel like I had this vision of like, oh, this is what disabled people are and now I'm changed. I think obviously I had the kind of media and the medical stereotype um, of it's an old person or it's someone who with severe disabilities who doesn't, who needs a lot of help, doesn't go out anywhere, doesn't, you know, yeah. when actually like there's a whole spectrum of disabled people. Yeah. And there's a whole spectrum of how that affects them and how they live their life and how they choose to live their life and how they can live their life. Um, and I guess, like, but that didn't sit in the back of my mind. I was just like, oh, this person's disabled. Mm. This boy is disabled. So I'm just going to get to know him as he is. And his disability is part of that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Was there any, like, uh, what's the word? Fear from, like, friends, family, any worries like that? Because I remember <laughs> with the whole movie, because my mum is aware that I had a couple of uh, iffy, let's say, relationships. My mum was very much <laughs> like, um, is she aware of the disability? Is she comfortable with it? And was very protective over that. Was there any on your side? Um, so I do remember telling my friends about you and they were a bit like, it's disabled and kind of shocked that... I could be speaking to someone in a in an affectionate like dating, getting to know each other. Oh, you're chatting to someone way <laughs> um, with that had a disability, but they all kind of. I think everyone did the same as potentially me because they weren't talking to you or um, necessarily, I guess, involved in your disability. They didn't. They didn't. 
the, the barrier didn't shut down as quickly, but they were just a bit like, right, okay. And the more I talked to you about it and explained it, they were kind of like, well, fair enough. If he has a disability, he has a disability. Mm. Um, my mum and dad were just kind of like, all right, okay. And again, I don't think they've really been exposed to people, exposed to people. Right. <laughs> they've not been. They've not been around people who have had disabilities, so or physical disabilities. So they were just. I think that's clearly where I've got it from. Like they were just like, all right, okay, and again, let you explain, let me explain, let them learn by seeing you and watching you and <laughs> watching you, that sounds creepy, um, but seeing you and spending time with you about how your disability affects you and what that means. My brothers, I think, were the same. One of them was perhaps a little bit more like apprehensive in just the fact of like, all oh, right, what does, what does that mean if he's disabled? Because I've not, I've, again, I've not been around yeah. anyone day to day who has a disability. Um, but as soon as he get, got to know you, it was absolutely fine. And, and yeah, I, I can't remember anyone really having... I think it was just that, that thing with every single person was just, all right, he's got a disability, okay. Let me realise what that means for you, what that means for him by just meeting him, talking to him and getting to know him mm. um, rather than it being like, you know, oh, God, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, or anything like that. Uh, that's such a morbid approach. Oh, no, shit, no, what are you going to no, do? No, but like, the, you know, that's. I think that's what people expect the response to be. But, yeah. you know, I was, I'm not going to say I was lucky because that's how the response should be from everyone. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that was how it was. I think, and everyone loves you. My family are obsessed with you, so. <laughs> <laughs> Stroke my ego. Um, I think as well, like, a lot more of the fears probably came from more the long distance thing mm-hmm. of like, oh, shit, he's in London, you're in Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, how's that whole gonna work? How's that whole thing gonna work? Yeah. Is their heartbreak gonna be involved? Yeah, I think that was more of the fear, really. Yeah. Um, on my side of things, uh, sorry, I should ask a question back to you. No. So, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, no, on my side of things, uh, like obviously there was uh some fears from me personally. Obviously, naturally at that time I wasn't uh, as much as I probably portrayed it very well A level drama um, I wasn't as confident not that one doesn't like mentioning it <laughs> um, I was probably I'm I'm not as confident as I am now um, so like for me it was a bit like weird that this person found to be attractive and the whole disability wasn't an issue because in previous relationships it had been an issue which obviously would had knocked my confidence but that's more from my point of view um, and obviously as well knowing the support that I would need with putting my shoes on getting changed things like that I was quite embarrassed about those elements um, that's got better as I've got older because I've accepted them a lot more and I think every, uh, most so we will go through that experience. Um, in regards to what my parents thought, as I said earlier, I think it was mostly just, uh, is she aware of the disability? Is she comfortable with the disability? Mm. And that was really mainly the main issue. Um, and then obviously they kind of saw you in action because I remember when we first started dating, you were like the first one to jump up and be like, I'll help him. Um, yeah, it was almost like a thing to prove that, you know, I wasn't some flimsy girl who didn't get it or didn't, you know, wanted to be with Charlie but didn't want to accept the disability. So every time we were out with your parents or whatever, it was like you'd have a like, do you want me to push his wheelchair? I'd be like, no. <laughs> and now I'm like, yes, please. 
<laughs> if, you, if you're offering, mate, go on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think for me, that was the, the main thing, really. From your experience, like, what are some of the misconceptions we get as a, I'm going to use the buzzword here, interabled couple? Um, yeah, what was, what, was, what was your experience of that, like the common misconceptions that you, particularly from your side of things, what was... What that we've experienced, or that yeah, I was thinking that you've that like you've experienced yeah. and that you know of that people are worried about because of us being a interabled. I think everyone, everyone sees it as one-sided. Everyone sees it as the non-disabled person doing a lot of the legwork, almost. Um, not necessarily like in occasion being the hero of the story being the the person who's you know sacrificing themselves to look after this person but and and that's the way just people think of it people just look at a relationship and go well obviously obviously in our instance she does a lot more for him um and obviously that's just completely inaccurate so yeah, I, th- I think that's just like the main, the main really obvious one, um, and it, that's really completely inaccurate. As I've always said, it's a very a relationship is a two one sh- two one street two one two street. way street. No matter what your relationship is or what your ability is, it's a two way street, and that still goes in um, a relationship with like an interabled relationship because. Yeah, he might need more physical care with certain aspects or physical help with things, but that doesn't mean that, right, okay, well, I've done... It's, it's not in debt. I'm not a debt yeah. collector. You, owe, you gonna, owe me this now. Yeah, I've put your clothes on twice, so you owe me... You could take two, mine. Yeah, <laughs> so you can take mine off twice. No. Um, <laughs> um, you know, because that's part of... That's just kind of part of you. That's just part of our not our relationship that's part of your life yeah. it'd be like I can't, I can't think of a comparison of it but it would be it's it's really hard to explain I think when I, the way I think about it in my head I, I find it hard to put into words but it's just like it's part of you it's part of your day-to-day life so it's part of me and it's part of my day-to-day yeah, life and it doesn't a, mean that... it's not a bartering service of like yeah. okay how how many shoe put-ons can i get for this yeah, one thing and it's <laughs> and it's just like well at the end of the day we're two people so if you take away all of the disability stuff all of the additional we're two people and the, that relationship is completely equal and that is a two-way street and the disability stuff is just part of Charlie and his life and his day-to-day experience and therefore part of my life and my day-to-day experience and that doesn't mean that it's more on me than it is on him it's because as a relationship as two people we're equal I think that's the only way I can explain it I feel like that took me a really long time to explain but um yeah I think that is obviously the main one and it's talked about a few times in in media and, and online and wherever else um people just need to get that out of their heads um, i think obviously the other one would be that the, there couldn't be any attraction there where like attraction full stop and then also obviously on top of that the, the sexual attraction and it's just like well he's just like <laughs> no <laughs> um you 
as I've just said, two people, you can be attracted to someone and you can find them attractive. The disability doesn't make him more or less attractive. Yeah, it's such a weird thing. Like, people, it's just... <laughs> people go, I've got disability fetish. I'm like, seriously, guys? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, the, it's just... Yeah, I mean, I feel like the people who think that are the people who would rather have someone who has got the most perfect body and appearance in their eyes, even if they're the most boring person underneath and and completely ill-matched to them because they only care about appearances. Mm. So it's not about appearances. You've got to be attracted to the person, not just the way they look. And I am totally and utterly attracted to Charlie and the way he looks. And his disability doesn't make that less attractive because, well... Well, it's just part of him and I'm attracted to him, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> Five years on, I still hope so. <laughs> and, yeah, the... And then, obviously, on top of that comes the sexual attraction. You know, if you're attracted to someone... Yeah, obviously, you can be attracted to someone and not have sexual attraction, but if you're attracted to someone, usually there's some sexual or intimacy attraction. Physical attraction. Physical. It's the word you're looking for. <laughs> Physical attraction combined with that and just because Charlie's disabled doesn't mean that that goes away you know if I'm attracted to you doesn't matter what your disability is I'm attracted to you and therefore leading on from that comes the sexual and the physical attraction Um, and then leading on from that comes the intimacy and obviously intimacy for everyone is different and intimacy for disabled people particularly can come in all shapes and sizes but for us that comes in sex. <laughs> comes comes in. What a weird segue. A good old, a good old bonking. <laughs> <laughs> of all words to use, she uses bonking. Why not? Um, yeah, well, I suppose that's another buzzword, isn't it? Disability and sex, because those are two things that oh, I just yeah, that's say, kind of what don't was, go together. Yeah, that's um, kind of what I was alluding to in the fact of people think that several people can't be attractive and therefore don't have sex or can be attractive but can't have sex and and then yeah. like how can I you think... be, how can you be attracted to someone if they can't have sex and it's like well intimacy as i say comes in all shapes and sizes and it's not just about sex yeah um i think it's always worth mentioning it's not a, <laughs> going in depth it's not always about traditional shagging i think is the other yeah. thing is like everyone's yeah, well, got that's... this thing of like this is the only way yeah. um exactly that's what i mean like I always use, because obviously we all love it, it was a great example, um, Sex Education's representation with George Robinson. I really hope I got his name right. I'm sure, pretty sure I did. Um, that representation was, I know, n- not for Charlie and I, but I know I've seen other people say that that was really accurate. And not only that, but it just showed that intimacy doesn't have to just be, look, that there's intimacy and that doesn't, only involve sex that yeah, doesn't that yeah, doesn't yeah. have to be just sex like also sex can be non-intimate so <laughs> intimacy is just all about sharing the kind of i was going to say intimate moments but that doesn't help explain it any further but intimacy is about sharing it's that those, deep level of connection yeah yeah it is a really deep personal affectionate level of connection and that doesn't just have to be with you know good old-fashioned sex 
mix up, you know, guys, just mix up. And I think that's the other thing as well. Don't be scared of doing that. Like, don't be scared of figuring out what works for you. Because yeah. that's oftentimes when we've spoken about this online, it's that whole thing of like, just do what works for you. And mm -hmm. also, just have a laugh with it. Mm -hmm. Don't take it so mm -hmm. seriously. If, if things don't quite work, try again, try a different yeah. way. The thing, I, the I, thing I, is, if you keep forcing yourself to do, you know, to have sex, basically, if you keep forcing yourself to have sex and get to that final, you know, final peak. The final frontier. <laughs> the final frontier. Um, then you're not going to be comfortable. And also that might not be possible for you or it might not be comfortable for you. Um, so just do like try different things out experience I things think, and do what works for you and if that eventually means that you build up to having sex great and if it doesn't that's also great yeah. because you're still having that intimacy intimate relationship with your partner i think the other issue you have as well is that oftentimes you see in films when things go wrong in the bedroom and things like that it's like almost an automatic turn off. And I think that's another fear that people have got of mm -hmm. like, oh my God, if I do mm. this, then that's the end of the equation. When I can say from our experiences, we most of the time just went, that didn't work, chuckled no. and carried on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had moments, we've had, <laughs> we've had moments where we've both burst out laughing and there's been a, a momentary pause in yeah. the proceedings. Um, <laughs> Hold that thought. <laughs> because things just don't go to plan, do they? They just yeah. things things happen. Yeah, people fall over. <laughs> All right, don't out me on the first episode of the podcast, Jesus. Um, what was I going to say? And also, another misconception on, on that note, the other thing I want to, to note as well is that there isn't like a specific way that disabled people do it. They all do it different ways because a common misconception I often get is, oh, do you need specialist equipment? Mm -hmm. I don't own a sex dungeon. Um <laughs> Oh, I, I don't. Um, That's a really weird giggle from me there, sorry. But like, no. yeah, and I think just, I think, un get this whole, all disabled people are the same aspect out of your mind, if you're thinking yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, just go into it really open-minded. And, and as I say, if you are the disabled individual or you're in a, a disability relationship, whether that be you both got disabilities or one of you have... Just don't go into it with an open mind, and mm -hmm. as I say, go into it lightheartedly. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be something you enjoy doing, not yeah. something that you oh, I have to do this. Yeah, and um, what was I going to say? Oh, if you find the right person, like they're going to want to be intimate with you, so they're going to want to learn how to be intimate with you and how they can be intimate with no, mm -hmm. how you can be intimate with them and how they can be intimate with yeah. you. So. You know, if you find the right person, then that path will be easy anyway. But also, I, I think you've had people ask you, other disabled people ask you, well, how did you work it out? Yeah, how, did, how did you, how do you do it? Because I, I'm worried about it. Yeah, I'm not going like, well, to, I'm also not going to give people flat out instructions. No, like, well, no, <laughs> we're, we're, I, we're not going to expose that. Yes, we do talk about disability and sex, but we're not about to tell you the literal ins and outs yeah. of it. Um, <laughs> but also the, the, as Charlie said, like it's different for everyone. Yeah. What works for us and how we adapt might not be how someone else may adapt. And another common misconception, I mean, I can only speak from the male perspective. Um, I don't actually know from the female perspective of being the disabled individual. 
Um, but there's a common misconception as well of like the common question I get asked all the time is, does it work? Yeah. Um, and I don't know where that all comes from. I think it's because maybe in media it's portrayed as like a uh, all disabilities are paralyzing, whereas that is some disabilities, yes, but not all. And I think that's another another myth that needs debunking mm-hmm. of I just think that so a lot of people I mean from I know I know that it was one of the first questions not first questions but it was one of the questions I asked you oh. I don't think I asked outright that I yeah. just asked like can you do it can you have sex or do you do you have sex do you like you know yeah is that something you're interested in um are you providing the opportunity <laughs> but um I think, I, I guess, yeah, I guess bec- it comes from that lack of understanding of disability, what it is, how it affects people, and the fact that it does affect people so differently. Um, so that might mean their penis not working, um, but it might mean... What? Oh, that was a, that <laughs> took a very dark turn. Why is it dark? It's literally it was just called. a monotone way of Sorry. which you said it. Um, Sorry, but yeah, no. What was I gonna? It's because I had another point that I was gonna make, and I keep going off on little tangents. The penises. Oh no, <laughs> the penises. Um, the question of does it work is so so intimate, and I just think asking that outright to someone that you don't know. Like in our in the context when I asked it, yeah, and I did say to you this might be completely inappropriate, and I'm sorry if I'm making an, an assumption here, but we'd already been talking for a while, and we'd already gone through a lot of the questions anyway, a lot of the questions, a lot of like. <laughs> I was the, wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> we'd already gone through a lot of like our initial conversations anyway, but just it's the amount of people that do ask that outright. Like it's never yeah. it's never appropriate. It's it's because that's someone's. And as much as people might just say, look, I don't need to tell you that, or it's easy enough for someone to turn around and say, no, that's none of your business. It's also none of, like, it, there's no reason to ask it. Unless unless you're trying to have sex with that I, person. I, I think no it's difficult because it. I, I take it very much like I, I am an open book and I will answer any questions most people have. And I think as well, it's that whole thing of like, it depends on the individual. Like, I am actually comfortable answering that question if it's someone that I've had uh, a couple of encounters with. If it's some dude from the pub that's met me five minutes ago, that's when I'm a bit more like... Because mm. yeah, the think- other thing as well is I, I realised particularly recently that curiosity is just the way humans work. Yeah. It's what we do. So I don't, I don't judge someone for being curious about that because that's how you learn. But it is sometimes in the context in which it's given, it is a bit like, whoa, okay, let me introduce you to my name first before you start asking me that Yeah, question. and I think that's, that's more what I'm referring to, is it's, it is like a, a trigger like thing of, of what people say. Yeah. I don't know why I said tr- trigger, that's not the right word, but it's people do ask that. It can be one of the first questions any, someone asks about someone with a disability, and it's just like, where has that come from? You don't. You don't need to know that. That's not the first thing you need to know about me. No. Um, so yeah, I just think obviously we address it quite a lot when we do talk about disability and relationships. You do say people have asked you, does it work? Or, um, but it's actually we need to. I think just interested. Just uh, just stop people asking out, that. Out of interest, this is really like tier, I suppose it's TMI, but it leads into the topic. Have you ever been asked like the whole thing of like? 
only way I can word it is, is it any good? And that isn't me going, Gina, stroke my ego. That's me going, does... Are you asking me personally? No, does um, it... Um, like does that is that a question I think only from ask? only from like my best friends who would ask me that no matter what guy I was yeah, with. Yeah. Do you know what okay. I mean? Like it's not like someone that I haven't spoken to before or not not haven't spoken to before, but someone I only just about know yeah. has said, Oh, well can he have sex? And well, is it good? If you know, if he's disabled, is it bad? No, like the the only people that have asked me that are not in the disability sense. Yeah, it's yeah, my best yeah, friends yeah. who would ask me. Yeah, was it any do, good anyway? We all do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, so I, I think it's well, wrapping up that point of like, it is just that whole thing of educating people yeah. and the hope is by doing mm, uh, conversations like this, it will educate people and make them feel more comfortable if they do meet someone with a disability because then it doesn't shut off the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also, as I say, with, if you are in a, in a relationship with someone with a disability, whether you both have or your uh one one of you hasn't one of you hasn't just go into it with a really open mind and mm-hmm. just play around figure out what works figure out what works for you guys and go from there one question i am going to ask gina uh this and is I, the final this question the, the final round dun. so one question that dun, i'm going to ask every guest dun, dun. um <laughs> on the not quite pod is what is one piece of politically correctness that you either really strongly agree with or disagree with? It doesn't have to be in the disabled disability space. It can be something completely different or it can be within that space. Because I'm trying to open up the, these conversations to see what people's different views are. Oh, do you know what? I knew this question was coming and I didn't think of an answer. Also, do you know what my favourite part about this question is? You asking it. <laughs> Because I feel like every time you ask it, you forget how you what the word is. This is the first episode, Gina. <laughs> They'll hear the next few episodes <laughs> that I've already started editing. Um, the magic of the magic of editing and production. Mm. What is one piece of political correctness? Oh God. Um, I think from working in the disabled community so for those of you who don't know I work in disability marketing and I think one thing I've learned from doing that is there is a tread carefully we'll decide what disabled people want to be called or referred to or how we should speak to disabled people um, from non-disabled people and we've experienced it I've experienced it with clients, with people who have 100 people watching them because they're they're making big marketing decisions. So they're they're nervous, but it's like that's what the disabled community are there for. There's a there's a saying in the disabled community which is nothing about us without us. I mean, I, I can't say that because I am not us. Um, but I just think. Why, if if you're nervous about how to approach something, ask the person. I know disability, and I've you've lived kind with of it for five years. Learned disability through Charlie, and I've learned through cerebral palsy, and I've learned through work the way that cerebral palsy affects you. But what I was going to say was, obviously, I've been exposed to more through work, yeah. but I don't, I can't explain how someone who has a chronic illness might want to talk about their chronic illness or how they should be 
approached or talked about I can only do that from what I see online or from talking to someone or you know someone who's visually impaired and how they like to be referred to as or how they like to be approached or how to speak to them and communicate with them ask them like it's not that hard and also it's that whole thing of don't it's not it's not better to say nothing than to say it wrong it's better to ask (laughs) (laughs) that's all it is you wouldn't you wouldn't start putting in a boiler if you've never even thought about it before without asking a plumber so if you exactly and that is the thing i think people either think well i'm either going to say it wrong or i don't say anything at all there's a third option and the third option is to ask and i've done that myself i've done that with people that i know and people that i've worked with i've gone actually do you know what i might be making a mistake in the way i'm speaking about this or the way I'm talking or approaching this or what I'm um I don't know say for example like calling this disability can you tell me if I'm I'm wrong or or you know what is the preference and then I've learned the preference and I've gone right okay that's absolutely fine if that's how that wants to be approached then that's absolutely fine and yeah you haven't got to be scared and as I say if you are nervous and i think obviously more so this might be more so for people who are non-disabled or for businesses i guess because that's what i kind of experience it in don't think that oh well it's so scary and someone's going to be pissed off with me so i'm not going to do it at all you ask and you learn and then if you still make a mistake or someone's pissed at the end of the day there's always going to be a bloody karen out there there's always yeah. going to be someone yeah. who's going to have a problem with it and as long as you don't fully insult a whole community by calling them twats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of all words to use, there are Although, other insults available. Um, you know, then, or, you know, you're not going to... I think that sums up the, the podcast really well of like what we're trying to do here in terms of like, we're just trying to challenge those conversations and make it an open floor for disabled people, able-bodied people, businesses. We're going to have some business guests on here. We're going to have able-bodied guests, disabled guests. Like It's just about opening that conversation and showing you're not any different to us and we're not any different to you. Yeah, so stop being awkward around each other. Yeah, it doesn't need to be two separate platforms. They can be together as one. Yeah, so if you're here, that's what the podcast is for. I really do hope you enjoyed this episode. There's going to be episodes coming out every other week, we're hoping. Um, So I really do hope you enjoyed it. Gina, did you enjoy it? Yes, I did. And so on that note, if you want to keep up to date with when episodes are coming out and how often you don't want to miss a trick, Go to our Instagram. That's probably the best day, way, play, place to keep up with us, which is at n underscore q underscore p underscore c, and we're the same on TikTok. So that way you can know exactly what episodes coming out and who we're talking to. Or Google yours truly, and I come up everywhere. Don't Google yours truly. Google Charlie Randall. <laughs> and on that note, good night. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Not Quite Podcast. Please make sure you follow us on TikTok and Instagram to get regular updates about the podcast.